Welcome to A Better HR Business, the podcast that looks at how HR consultants and HR tech firms grow their businesses and how they help their employers to get the best out of their people. Remember, for show notes and downloads, go to www.getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. That's getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. Okay, let's get started. Hello, welcome back to the show. Thanks for joining me again today. Glad to have you along. Looking forward to today's conversation with Denise Myers. And Denise, I've been following for ages and, and she's a legend in the industry. She's a board member, CEO and management consultant with over 30 years board level experience, particularly in the education, training and workforce development industry. And previously, uh, Denise led an education company that was sold to a listed company on the South African Stock Exchange. She's also been awarded Learning and Development Professional of the Year by the AITD, and she's one of the first four master trainers globally of the Lego Serious Play methodology, which is very, very cool. And I'm really looking forward to diving into that and the play for business stuff. But first, Denise, thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you. You make me sound like I'm 100 years old, but I think I nearly <laughs> am. <laughs> i got to find a better way of doing that. So whereabouts are you based? I'm based in Sydney, Australia. Oh, magnificent. I've, I lived there for a number of years. Wonderful city. I was even there during the Olympics. What a time. Oh, to be wow. There. Yeah, great, great time. Yes, yeah. indeed. So, look, I gave a little bit of an intro, but for people listening, could you give us a, a little overview of your background and some of the things you've done that lead us up to the play for business side? Thanks, Ben. I've been in education in total for over 30 years, so it's quite a substantial amount of time. So I don't take any offence when you make me sound <laughs> ancient, because if, if listeners could see the colour of my hair, they certainly it certainly does reflect my age. So I've always been passionate about making sure that when people learn, they learn with some enthusiasm, it makes an impact on their lives, that they use it to transform themselves, not only professionally, but personally as well. So when I heard about this Lego Serious Play methodology, I didn't quite know what it was about, but thought I'll take my chances on it, got myself trained up, and we got the license at that stage for Australia. And then as I started using it, I really saw the power of what it can do because people are building things, they're constructing things in their heads, they're expressing themselves, they're telling stories. And as they're doing this, more and more ideas are emerging. They're starting to process things that had been in their minds, but they hadn't articulated. So it's just incredible when you're in a session, when you see what happens there. I just, each time I'm either so excited and sometimes I'm even crying then, which is a very bad thing for a facilitator <laughs> to do. <laughs> You've had an emotional breakthrough with them. So you mentioned 30 years. 30 years ago, training, learning development was not Lego-based, right? No, no. 30 years ago, training was very sit down in the room, turn to page mm. 10, and <laughs> let's, uh, let's get going. PowerPoint, PowerPoint, yes. <laughs> another PowerPoint. You know, like PowerPoint had just been invented, so you're going to make use of it fully. 100 words on each slide because there was no storage space on the disks and on the on those uh, <laughs> USB. So you, you couldn't make big PowerPoint decks anyway. There were no images. It took up too much space. Brilliant. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking back to the days of PowerPoint training and 
when someone made the, the slide spin in dramatically, that was always a, an ooh-ah moment. <laughs> but I'm not sure if it's sunk in. True. Yeah. Indeed. So if I take you back to launching your first business, how did you choose a market to go with? Because I'm, I'm curious, that feeds into the play for business. When people launch a business, they should not just go to an area where there's no demand. So how did you work out what needed to be created and then how did you reapply those lessons for play for business? So when I first started, I mean, what inspired me to get going is that in South Africa at the time, it was still apartheid. And mm-hmm. there was it was just coming out of it with Nelson Mandela being released from prison. And I'd been asked by one of the largest gold mines in the world to please come around and innovate the way in which they did some training. But in order to get the gig, I had to go into a gold mine. So mm-hmm. I put my um, hat on, oh, my nice. uh, the torch, the, I was kitted out with the boots, everything. And I thought, you know, this is quite cool. Yeah, gold mine, no <laughs> problem. <laughs> Until I put down the first shaft, I thought this is still okay. Um, it was the deepest gold mine in the world at the time, oh, deep wow. So when I got to level two, I started feeling a little, oh, can't breathe. By the time I got to level three, I was really struggling, Then not enough air. We were crawling in the stopes, which are the little tunnels. And we came out at this piece of equipment, which looked at the time like this extremely expensive piece of equipment. And I said to the guys, like, why is no one using this? And they said, we cannot use this because there's no one down here that can read the instructions and we can't train them to use it properly. You know, they were putting uh-huh. their thumbprints as the, um, you know, the it's mark the that they'd received their pay. And so this sophisticated piece of equipment was just lying there because no one could use it. And I just thought, how sad is that, that at this time, there are people who still can't read and write, that still have, you know, they're so disadvantaged in terms of their education. And I made up my mind, right, this is it. I'm going to make sure that people have a chance in the world. And, you know, the doors of learning can open to them and opportunity can get there. But we're not going to get there if we do it the same old traditional way. Sit in your yeah. chair, listen to a one-way lecture. We've all been in those situations, mm. and we know that none of that learning is embedded. And that's where I, I really wanted to think about ways in which we could transform the learning experience. Brilliant. There are lessons in that, absolutely. And then I can imagine you apply that to the play for business. But it's the same lesson in the sense that you can't just go to an employer and say, I'd, I'd like your team members to sit around and play with toys. Just as you <laughs> could have said to this uh, mining company, the gold mining company, I want to teach your guys literacy. And they go, ah, don't worry about it. No, it's fine. They're, they're doing their thumbprints. They know how to drive yeah. stuff. It's fine. H- how do you then convert that into a, a business focused message yeah. for them to say, yeah, we're going to pay you to do that? And Ben, it's such a great question that because I have been in, I cannot even begin to tell you how many meetings where everyone gets like really excited about the methodology and they think, oh, you know, like we could do so much with this. This would work well with this team that's not functioning at a high enough level. And that team needs a bit of setting their goals. So they get all excited until some exec or some vice president of something says, well, you know, like, what's it going to look like to our shareholders? What's it going to look like to the other stakeholders if they happen to walk past the window and see people playing with bricks? 
it's not going to go down well. So no, 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 this is a bit too risky for me. So it's been a, it's a challenge. It's much easier now. But if you can think back 15 years ago, what the perception was then, it mm. was an uphill battle. So what do you say to them? Uh, first of all, you give them a lot of the theory. So there's a substantial amount of theory that sits behind it. The Lego group has done research, their case studies, their organization, like top brand organizations in the world now use it. We've used it at Microsoft for their diversity and women in IT programs. We've used it at Coca-Cola for part of a change management piece. Um, Shell uses it for all their strategic planning. So they're big brand names that are now behind mm. it, which gives it a lot more gravitas and substance. Yes, of course. I just had little flashbacks there to moments in my career where I did training and I couldn't picture anything where it was a classroom based, the lecture style. I can remember sitting in rooms like that, but I can't actually recall any of it. But I did see little moments of where we were doing, you know, painting stuff or activities or even, the, you know, assembling straw. But I can actually remember the lessons that they were teaching us at the time. You know, I could yeah. say, oh, they were, we were discussing this particular thing and that this is why it was important, et cetera. So I can see how it sinks in. Is, yeah. is that the kind of the messaging that you, you're delivering? 100% Ben. I mean, tell you, Billy, you can become <laughs> one of our, <laughs> our promoters here because you absolutely yeah. get it. Yeah, give and me the T-shirt. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you could definitely wear that to the cap as well. Uh, yeah. Because pe when people construct things with their hands, they're building mm. it themselves. So without them realizing, even if they say, I'm not creative, the next thing they've built this magnificent, beautiful model of something Thing. And they're telling this deep, rich story about it that they never knew they had in them. And they remember it. They remember what they built. They remember what the people around them built mm. because it's visual. It's in 3D. They've had to put meaning into it and then they've had to express and articulate it. So it really does sink in. We've seen, for example, people um building things around company values, um, which are sometimes quite hard to, they're intangible. So they're not so easy to talk about, but suddenly there's this whole model about trust and what trust means to them and how they see it in the context of their, their own lives and the organization. Gosh. Quite fascinating. I, I want to, yeah, absolutely. I, I want to come to the business stuff in, in a moment, but um, for, for someone listening to this and thinking, okay, that's, I, I get the concept, but what actually is it? How does it work? Or what would an employer get if they said, yep, we're going to work with Play for yeah. Business? So what they start off by getting is a pack of obviously bricks because it, it does depend on you having some of the Lego around. And yeah. well, how it always works, Ben, is that people build their own individual model. It eventually becomes a group model or a collection of the models, but it always starts out with your interpretation of the question. So it's, it starts quite easily with you know, build a tower, build something quite um, concrete. But then we would start talking about the best or the worst experience that you've had over the past year, your own personal goals, how you see the goals of your team. But you always build it yourself. So 100% of the people build things themselves. There's no observers. You're either in or you're out. And then 
everyone has a chance to tell their own story. So if you think at some of these meetings that we've been sitting in over the past year and the mm. Zoom and somebody just goes on and on, <laughs> it's like 1% of the people talking 99% of the time. And those voices that are, are a little more quiet and who probably sitting on the best ideas aren't always heard. But in a Lego yeah. Serious Play session, every single people, every single one of the participants rather is building and has their voice heard. And just that, like that makes an enormous difference. Yeah. I like the fact that there's no observers. You're in or you're out. So yeah. everyone feels safe because we're all in it together. Exactly. Yeah. And the principle is that the answers are generally in the room. So if, we, if we're thinking about our vision for the next few years or how we want to work together as a team, uh, we want to set ourselves some guiding principles, everyone has input. And as they tell it, it becomes really quite an, uh, an extraordinary experience. Eventually, the models will come together and there'll be a collective and group story. But it doesn't start with the group. It starts with the individual who then ideates themselves, so makes their own individual contribution. I love it. I love it. And so you, you described some of the company or the brand names, some of the company's uh, clients and employer types. For people listening to this who might think, oh, I could refer business on um, to play for business, what is the ideal client type? Um, I mean, I, I would hope that people would get themselves trained up so that HR people would have the skills themselves so that they would be able to work with their own clients. And I don't even think there's any ideal type. I, I, we've done in, I, I don't think that there's an industry we haven't touched. There's been profit and not for profit. There's been government. There's been local government. There's been major brands. There've been smaller businesses. It's just, it's so applicable across industry sector and applicable in a whole range of different ways. And I'm hoping that the HR people listening will get themselves trained up and then implement this within their own um, client organizations. Just something different to bring to the organization, something unique that um, will help them uh, stand apart and also benefit their client. Right. How do they get trained up? And they go to playforbusiness.com and enroll okay. and everything is online. And it's, it's, you know, there's all the modules for them to go through. We've got videos of live sessions. So once they see the sessions in action, it's a lot easier to, to follow on what they have to do. There's modules on how to market it. There's a module on how to run it virtually. Reading for all the theorists, there's more than enough to read. And then we've got live Q&A as well so that they can ask uh, questions and I can help and guide them with suggestions for their own clients. That's brilliant. So if I take it back, you mentioned some big name companies, I think you said Microsoft and others. When you started business, whether it's now or 30 years ago, did you start with the big brand names or did you progress up the ladder? How did you make that change if so? You know, it's I think that being 
in consulting is always a bit of a roller coaster. One minute you're up and the next minute you're not so <laughs> so far up as you thought you were. So sometimes we, you know, we went for the big brand names, like the largest gold mine in the world at that stage was Anglo, Anglo-American. Anglo. Um, yep. But then you, then the day after that, you could be with a startup or a smaller IT company that just needs to, you know, have a team that's functioning without arguing with each other. Mm. So there's there's just such a, a variety. Um, call centers, call centers are really good for this because of their high rates sometimes of attrition. And so it's yeah. something to keep the staff motivated, to, you know, keep them with that bit of spark of, of interest. And this works exceptionally well. Brilliant. Yeah. So keep your eyes open, obviously keep offering an excellent product or service and then continue that path. Now you mentioned that people can do training, but do you have a referral program or where you partner with other companies in the HR sector? If they would like to refer people to us, we've got an affiliate program and we're pretty generous with um, our affiliate uh, discounts. So uh, people would be able to benefit quite strongly from that as well. We're selling this at um, about 400 euros. So Mm -hmm. it's not... I mean, I'm not saying it's not a big investment, but it's not mm-hmm. the biggest uh, possible investment. And I think for, from just selling um, one to one client, you would make that money back five times over um, in, in comparison to what you would uh, charge them for just running one one workshop. Yeah, yeah. Well, for me, offering uh, ancillary products and services referring them in is an opportunity to strengthen the relationship which allows you to do more of what you're already offering so if you're a recruiter you've articulated that far better than i ever could but you you are 100 (laughs) right because you've you've got a client base i mean most people have got even if it's a very small client base but to go and back to them with something that's fresh and innovative and a little bit different. I think even, you know, just sets, uh, sets you up with, with a higher level of credibility and uh, a bit of status. Yeah. And, and it's taking it from possibly offering just transactional work, which becomes commoditized, which means they can just go and look on price somewhere else. But if you've established um, moving yourself up that value chain, and who knows, you might find other things that are complementary again, in which case you're um, you know, a vital yeah. part of their business. And, yeah. and I think you make a very good point on that as well, Ben, because if the client is slightly larger where there are a few different types of teams, it means that you mm-hmm. could work with those teams for a whole range of different things. You know, some of them might be goal setting. Some of them, there might be some type of conflict. Some of them might be going through change. Some of them might just want an end of year, something fun and different to do. Um, so, you know, a, a kind of lighter session. So you've got a whole range of different reasons to be in the same client and just get, dig deeper and deeper deeper yeah oh absolutely and, and i won't harp on this point but i'm just picturing when i was doing consulting work and when you're running a session like this or if it's an employee feedback session or even a survey type session the stuff you learn when you've got them in a room just say you're running it with their management team you've got 10 managers in there they've all got their own di- different departments and they 
in the the course of play, they're going to tell you all the stuff that's driving them crazy in their oh, jobs because that's what people do. They vent. Oh, just keep those ears open and you will have work there for the next year. <laughs> there we go. All right, we just worked out your marketing plan. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Brilliant. Denise, what do you sort of see for the future of the world of work and the future of HR? Because so much has happened in the last couple of years. What do you see wow. happening down the line? Well, you know, it's so interesting, Ben, because if I had said even three years ago, pre-COVID, that we were going to train people in using this methodology online, people would have laughed yeah. at me. It's not possible. Net, net, net. Everything must be in a room. Everything must be face-to-face. And there's no other way of doing it. And look mm. where we are now. I mean, talking from Australia to, to Ireland, you know, it's, it's like nobody yeah, seems yeah. to care anymore. Um, that their boundaries and nobody's constrained by a training room any longer. Absolutely. No, very true. Well, Denise, this has been fantastic. If people want to either become a client or if they want to refer business, become an affiliate partner or something similar, what should they do next? Um, either contact me on LinkedIn. So um, mm-hmm. I'm Denise Myerson um, on LinkedIn. Or if you'd like to go to our website, it's playforbusiness with the number four business.com. And there's a whole lot more information about the program. I'm also happy to do a demo for anyone. And I love chatting about it. So no problem if you, if you message me. Excellent. So if you're listening to this on the go, check the show notes. We'll have the links to Denise's LinkedIn profile and also to the website, which is playforbusiness.com. Denise, thank you very much for sharing your story and your advice. It's been fantastic and I wish you all the best. Thank you, Ben. I've loved chatting to you. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today on A Better HR Business, the podcast that explores the world of HR consulting and HR tech businesses. For show notes and downloads, go to www.getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. That's getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. Remember to subscribe and share the show with any friends who are busy growing a HR business. Thanks and see you next time.